Welcome everyone to another Slab Stocks podcast. Today, Aaron and I are going to be talking to you about one of our favorite prospects, Max Kepler. Prospect meaning now fourth year player. Well, yeah, he's no longer a prospect, <laughs> but we still love him. <laughs> that we do. Back in April, early April, we put out a premium article. For those that don't know, we, we've got a subscription model going right now, and we started some articles uh, for some people to look at, some people to buy. And this was a guy that Nathan was on to from very long ago, um, much so before March, and was tracking him all of last season. But he really thought that this year could be the year that Max Kepler breaks out. Um, he's always had you know, power, but there was something that was lacking there, something that was keeping him from being a potential all-star player. But this year, with the surging twins, Max Kepler is really proving to be a nice player. So Nate wrote an article early in the year, and he went over some stuff. And, you know, most of that's coming to be true. Yeah, so I wrote an article on April 9th. Aaron and I had been talking about Max Kepler for a while. He was my sleeper pick for the year, going into the year. A lot of people would look at him and say, this is your sleeper pick in 2017. He hit 243 with a 312 on base and a 425 slugging. In 2018, he hit 224 with a 319 on base and a 408 slugging. Like, definitely not numbers of a guy that you're like, wow, this guy certainly looks like he's going to explode. Um, but there were definitely some nice underlying numbers there that you were like, all right, I could see him taking a step forward. For one, from 2018 to 27, from 2017 to 2018, his walk percentage jumped forward uh, 3.3 points. So he went from 8.3% to 11.6%. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, guy's walking more. Every time you see a guy walking more, that's a good sign, obviously. His strikeout percentage dropped by 4.4%, which is a great thing. Anytime you see a guy striking out less, that's a great sign. Uh, The big difference between the two years was... Because in 2017 he had an he had an OPS of 737, and in 2018 he had an OPS of uh, 727, so a 10 point difference in OPS there. And so you're looking at that and you're like, well, his walk rate went up, his strikeout rate went down, but he's performing poorly. It was because of his BABIP was 40 points lower than the previous year. You look at that and you say, man, if he can just get his BABIP back up into that 270 range like it was before. You know, and he continues his walk and strikeout rates. He should be a pretty nice prospect. And then you dive a little bit deeper into some of the things, and uh, his hard contact percentage had gone up from the year previous by five percent. His uh, chase rate on strikes outside the zone, I believe, went yeah went down four percent. Um, so you're looking at you're looking at stuff. And you're like, okay, this guy has clearly started figuring out his eye. Now he just needs to start driving the pitches he can hit, and we'll be good. And Aaron, do you remember the prices from April when we told people to buy? Yeah, so back in 2018, around June July, they were doing 5 bucks. However, when we told people to buy in April, they were around 10 And they lasted at 10 until, you know, until when he started to pick it up now. So yeah, so in April they were around ten bucks. We when we let our premium members know to buy, 
Uh, and since that point, things have really taken off for Max Kepler, which is why we're doing this podcast, because we love him. And uh, we're really excited for what the future holds for this kid. Kid, he's older than me, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Almost hard not to cheer for him when he's playing the Brewers in, uh, in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I forget he's 26. Seems like he should be younger. So this year, his walk rate is 9.3%, which is slightly lower. Slightly lower than last year's. But his K percentage is 14.4%, which is also slightly lower than last year's. The big difference that is happening with Kepler right now is that not only is his ISO up 80 points, which is huge because he's the balls he's making contact with, he's hitting for more power. But his BABIP is back up into that 270 range. If you remember from like, I don't know, five minutes ago when we were talking about it, uh, I was talking about that 236 BABIP and how if he could get that up into the 270 range, and I wrote it in the article too, if he could get it into the 270 range, I think he could be a really nice player. Well, currently he's chilling at 273 BABIP, and his slash line is a 280, 349 on base, and a 545 slugging. Good for a 132 WRC plus, which if anybody doesn't know, 100 is league average. Every point above that is 1% better than league average. So he is at 32% better than league average on the year, which is obviously a really nice player. He's also at 1.7 Fangraphs war and 1.9 Baseball Reference war. And we're almost a third of the way into the season. So you're looking at, if he keeps this pace up, a six-win player, which is obviously really nice. Not quite MVP levels. He was kind of my dark horse MVP pick for the year. Um, but a six-war uh, player is definitely an all-star and a good all-star at that. Let me quote Nate in this premium article for you all. Quote, I believe if Kepler can get his Babbitt back into the 260 to 270 range, he could be a... F- a four B war player with the improvements B-war, he made last year. B war is baseball reference war for anybody that doesn't know. And he continues to say, if he can increase his BABIP into the three hundreds, this would take a fair bit of luck in parentheses, and keep up the improvements he made last year. I believe he'll be at least a five B war player and a dark horse candidate for MVP. Yeah. Now I undersold him in that article because I was thinking raise it forty points. You know he's a four four win player. He's rose. Raised at 40 points, and he's currently on pace to be a six-win player, which is um, better than my five-win player. If he rose his, his BABIP into the 300 range, which is like an average BABIP for most players, like 270 is low. Like, he has a low BABIP. If he rose that into the 300 range, you're looking at a 300, probably like a seven-eight-win player. Um, So... He has had a great start to the year for those. He's also had a great start to the year for his hard contact percentage. You know, you're always looking at guys, and you want them to be hitting the ball hard. Like, that's the key. And his hard contact percentage is up to a career-high 42% of the time. He is hitting the ball hard um, via Fangraph's uh, hard contact percentage rate. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are pointing to this outbreak being legit. Um, One thing that does concern me slightly is that he's pulling the ball 56% of the time. I I generally uh, historically like a more well-rounded approach. He's 56% to pull, 27% to center, and 16% to oppo. Um, 
So this is a guy that can probably get shifted on and hit into a lot of outs. Uh, but everything I'm looking at looks like he's definitely legit. Kepler is definitely a streaky hitter. Always has been a streaky hitter. So you're going to have some highs and lows uh, with investing in him. Uh, you may have bought in at $10. He may be up to 30 He might go on a cold streak next month and drop down, back down to 15 and then go on a hot streak uh, two months from now and be back up to 35 That's the type of player he is. He's not extremely consistent. Um, but while we're riding a high, it's definitely a good time to talk. Yeah, I mean, even this year so far, he's went from 10 to 30 to 20, now back up to 30. Like, there's going to be fluctuation with it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't get nervous or impatient or whatever, but also know that if you if that's not for you, if you don't want to watch a guy fluctuate between prices, then I wouldn't recommend buying. However, if you want a guy that could get hot, keep this up, turn out to be that 4-6 to six win player that Nate was talking about, could definitely be for you. I mean, currently there's a couple auctions on eBay. One with six hours left um, at $25 right now, currently as I'm speaking. Um, there's a couple more ending in five days. There's some buy it now is between $30 and $50. You could probably submit some offers. I think at $30, Nate, you consider a buy right now? Um, It's tough for me to say as part of me is always like, well, I got in it. 15 right or whatever so then you're looking at 30 and you're like well i could have gotten in at 15 so you know your human nature is like oh not a buy yeah i went through that myself because um but i think if he keeps up this pace he's going to be an all-star more people will take notice the twins are the hottest team in baseball the best record in baseball uh, a lot of people will start taking notice throughout the year when the casual baseball fans start getting into it more towards the end especially during playoffs and the twins look like they're firmly in the in a position for a playoff uh race at least depending on if the indians ever get hot um you're going to be seeing a lot more love for max kepler down the line compared to right now and i think that could boost prices uh but i would be remiss if i don't also point out again that he is definitely a streaky hitter so there is always some risk there where you buy in at 30 now and he goes on a cold streak and he drops to 15 and you're like well i shouldn't have bought 30 oh and then you sell because you're like i got to get my money back out put it into somebody that's going to go up and then max kepler goes back up on a hot streak and he goes back up to 30 there's going to be there's a lot there's some prospects that are just a, a straight trajectory upwards right like juan soto is a straight trajectory upwards Max Kepler is probably going to be more of a roller coaster, but I think it's going to continually, gradually getting higher as we go along, even if there are dips. Yep, definitely agree with that. Another thing to note is that there's only 28 Max Kepler autos listed on eBay between base, color, whatever. Um, because they're from 2010, they, they don't pop up as often, um, which means that there's a good chance that you could, you could wait and don't don't buy immediately after the podcast, you know, if some people are going to buy. But if you wait a month, maybe Max Kepler just stays hot for a whole month. Maybe he does. Maybe they go up to 50 bucks. But, you know, you might minimize some risk or at least not buy in as high. Um, I mean, it's, it's really a feel. It's up to you. 
it's what you want to do with it take take all the information uh consider it all don't necessarily go and be like oh max kepler 50 dollars i'm gonna buy it at 50 right now because his values are currently 30 dollars they're not 50 but with that i mean i i hope you guys could guide more in-depth look on a guy that has came out somewhat came out of nowhere. I mean, he's been talked about. In I mean, the he past. was a, he was a top hundred prospect. Yeah, for many years. So it's not like he's he is um, your your classic just explode onto the scene. But he's definitely a guy that has been a slow burner, uh, in the sense that he's come out of nowhere because his first couple of years were nice, but not necessarily spectacular. Like he was always around like a two-win player, which is a fine player if you're building a baseball team, not necessarily a fine player if you're investing. Definitely a guy that has come out of nowhere in a sense. It turns out that we actually do buy what we believe in. And with Max Kepler, I've got some numbers here. Uh, We bought over a 10-day period from March 3rd to March 13th. Uh, picked up two base autos at fourteen twenty-seven each. A base auto at thirteen dollars, seventeen dollars, sixteen, and then and for those prices, we were just buying the buy it nows. We were, I I believed in him so much I didn't really care that seventeen dollars was higher than what you could get like an auction for ten dollars. I just we wanted the cards. Exactly. That's that's and, that's. And if you believe in somebody. Aaron, you'd agree. I agree. If you believe in somebody, sometimes you don't really care about the seven dollars you're spending extra if you think it could net you fifteen dollars down the line or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Definitely, you know, getting it is the first part. It's what you're paying for it is obviously we need to think about. You're not just gonna go yeah. buy it like three times the price, but you know, if it's five dollars, ten dollars over and you really believe in a year year down the road, whatever, yeah. It's worth like, it. Like right now, you're not gonna go drop forty five dollars on a thirty dollar card or a twenty six dollar card. But if it's at twenty six and somebody's offering it for thirty, then maybe I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Thirty bucks. Yeah, if you nickel and dime your way through investing, you're gonna miss out on a lot of potential. And that's happened to Nate himself. Yes. Many I, times. I, Juan Soto? I <laughs> Last year I was I bought a Juan Soto for one thirty five. I was gonna buy another Juan Soto for one thirty five. I didn't. It went up to one thirty seven. I said, Ah, oh, well I spent one thirty five on the last one, so I'm not gonna pay one thirty seven. Even though I believed in the guy. I still didn't pay it. Now I'm kicking myself because one thirty seven could have turned into four hundred dollars easy. Uh, in a year. So I I missed out on like two hundred dollars of profit after eBay fees and stuff for three bucks at the time when I, I was willing to spend 135 if you're willing to spend 135 what's 138 yeah definitely something to consider and then just moving through the rest of these so we end up doing two more buy it nows on refractor autos numbered out of 500 um we got those at 28 and 25 a piece and then also what nate was talking about with the with the auctions going for lower um we also got a Max Kepler Blue Refractor Auto n- numbered at 150, a PSA 9, which is actually a pretty good grade considering that the centering can be awful and the surfaces as well on the 2010 Bowman Chrome cards. We got that one for $55, which is a steal compared to a $15 base, especially considering that there's only blue, gold, red, and orange Refractor Autos from 2010. So that's about... I mean, refractors are 502, but I'm talking about color here. 
So that 55 was a steal. We ended up selling the, the, the Blue Refractor Auto two weeks ago for $95, um, not on eBay, so it wasn't like we had to pay for the fees. Um, and currently not, we have the other stuff. Not quite 100% profit on that one, but any day you can grab $40 for a, on top of your $55 investment in a month. That's a pretty good move. <laughs> really good move. In my mind, anyways. Yeah. And then we're still looking. We're on pace to... I don't know, at this point, if we were to sell at this point, get like 80% extra. Considering fees and all things included. Around there. Yeah. Which is, uh, we're at, we always kind of try to aim for, you know, 100% profit. Spend 15, get 30 type of thing. But uh, sometimes if you can take 26 instead of 30, but you're making that money and you can reinvest, always good Always a good move, in my mind, anyways. But I'm always more conservative than Aaron is. Yeah, for sure. On per- the buying and selling. Until it comes to packs, and then he... And then I go to town. <laughs> and then also, myself, I picked up a kepler base BGS 9.510 at a card shop in Minnesota for $45, which was a really good buy now. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Okay, um, so these questions you got for Yeah, me? yeah, I got a couple questions here. So, end of the season, how many home runs does Max Kepler have? Max Kepler. He's at 12 right now. He's at 12. Um, oh, I need to pull up his home road splits quick here uh, so I can see how many games he's played at home <laughs> currently because that's going to affect how I feel about his home going runs. forward. Yeah. Um, home and away. 26 games home, 22 away. He said seven home runs home, five away. Um, obviously... The problem for Max is that he plays in the AL Central, and there's some big ballparks. Kansas City's big. The White Sox is big. Tigers is big. Twins is big. Indians. Why can't I? Ah, Indians. <laughs> yes, I couldn't think of the last team in the division. Um, so not a great division for home run hitters. But I'm going to guess he ends at... 27. Mark that down and get back to me if he does get 27. The first person to get back to me, I'll give them a Max Kepler card. There we go. You heard it live on the podcast. Make sure you track Max Kepler all season to see if he hits 27. Nate will give it away. First person to tag me and it gets a Max Kepler card. There we go. Um, Next question. What does Max have to do to be an all-star this season? Just be consistent. A uh, big thing for him is just consistency. If he stays uh, in that 280, 345, 49, 545 range and doesn't have too big of dips and, you know, too big of highs, I suppose. I mean, I could go for some big highs, but I don't think it's going to happen. As long as we keep the dips to a, a week instead of two weeks or three weeks, you know, and then have a good high to have a high week and to help mitigate the low week um i think he's gonna be an all-star uh maybe not by the fan vote but by the player or coach or something like that uh because right now he plays on the twins who are the hottest team in baseball they have a pretty good fan voting group I know for me, I'll be voting for him. 
sometimes the Brewers and Twins do a thing where Brewers fans vote for Twins, Twins fans vote for Brewers, so that might help if they get something started there. Um, he just needs to be consistent. If he keeps this up, I think he'll be an all-star. Next one would be the Twins signed him to extension at the beginning of 2019. Yes, they did. They pay, they're paying six, anywhere between $6 million and $8 million through the future, and the contract's valued around $35 million. What are your thoughts on that? I think the Twins... Why can't I find... Because I, I heard a lot of people doubting re-signing Max Kepler. Oh, um, people did, I guess. I thought Max Kepler really took a terrible deal for himself. He did not bet on himself. You know when they say guys bet on himself and they don't take the contract and then uh, you know they play out their arbitration years? A guy like Max Kepler did not bet on himself. And the unfortunate thing is it takes him through his age 31 season. If he keeps up what he's doing right now, 6.2, 6.5, 6.7, 8.5, and 10 million are absolute steals for the type of player he is. If you think about it, they always say one win above replacement is $8 million on the on the free agent market. He's already paid for almost, he's paid for this year, next year, and almost the year after that from just his wins above replacement this year. Like, he needs like .3 more wins above replacement to pay for this year, next year, and the year after that of his salary. <clears throat> uh, he'll probably pay for the entire contract in year one if he gets to six war. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes betting or not betting on yourself works out. If you're John Singleton for the Astros, who years ago took a $12.5 million contract uh, before even playing a game in the majors, and now you don't see him anywhere, and he turns out is the best uh, thing he ever did in his life because he got $12.5 million for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes a contract looks pretty bad like this, and like the Christian Yelich contract where he took... $54 million over five years or something like that. Uh, and now he won an MVP last year, and he's on pace to be like a top two MVP uh, this year. Hopefully Cody Bellinger slows down because I'd love for Yelich to get back-to-back MVPs. But if Bellinger doesn't, there's no way Bellinger doesn't win it because that guy is incredible, both <laughs> unbelievably a better hitter than Yelich, a better fielder than Yelich, and a better arm than Yelich. Yeah. Um, so, went off on a tangent there. My bad. <laughs> but the contract I didn't love for Kepler at the time, I really don't love it now. And last question. Can you see Max Kepler becoming the face of the Twins throughout the next two years to where the general person would be like, oh, Max Kepler's the guy instead of Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton? I have some ideas on how Max Kepler could be the face of the Twins that don't speak very highly of the Minnesota fans. <laughs> um, not that I should lump all Minnesota fans into the same boat, but they do like their white guys. <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, do I think he could be... I don't... It's tough to say. Buxton obviously has the most upside. Yeah. And is definitely the high... The number two overall pick, number one the prospect. number one overall prospect, and obviously has the most tools. Rosario probably has the most power, 
and it's a, a real nice feel-good story. Uh, Fourth-round pick that nobody was really talking about and is now their best player type of thing. But he also doesn't get on base very well. Kepler is kind of like a combination of he has good power, he has good defense, he gets on base. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be the face of the Twins. Tough to say. It, I guess it. I guess it really probably depends on how what Buxton does. It really relies on Buxton, and if if Rosario keeps up what he's been doing the last two years, I definitely think there'll be a couple of years where he's definitely the most valuable twin. Yeah, can see that face of the Twins. I don't know. Yeah, and for everyone out there, I I do know who Jorge Polanco is, but he did get suspended for steroids, and also people rarely I'd say know who he is outside of baseball. But players. as as Brewers fans, uh <laughs> I can't talk. Do steroids. It's all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Steroids are cheating. Yeah. Ryan Braun shouldn't have done it. Please don't compare him to Addison Russell like that one Cubs fan I saw. There's a little bit of a difference between what Bronny did and Polanco did and what Addison Russell did. If you don't understand that I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Polanco's also really good. Yeah, They just have a lot of good players. Who would have thought that Miguel Sano would be the one that's an afterthought in yeah. that lineup? After top ten prospect. And just gigantic power. All-star. Which is kind of why like guys like Marco Luciano should not be $120 cards. Because you see these guys all the time with humongous power. They are, you know, you know, and I mean, but also Joey Gallo has humongous power now. All of a sudden, he's found another gear. So it's tough to say. More often than not, big time, big, big, big time power guys don't end up being as spectacular as people want to have them be. But uh, every once in a while, you find a Joey Gallo or an Aaron Judge who just absolutely wrecks the world, and you're like, okay. Even while striking out. Even while striking out. I mean, Judge strikes out 30% of the time. Aaron and I are big against strikeouts. I love Judge. And yet, Judge striking out 30% of the time and still is a really good player. Like, Judge is the type of player I would never have invested in. And because of that, I would never have made thousands of dollars off of him that you could have made. Yeah. And then... Just the very last thing, so we have an audio. At the end of the 2019 season, how much is a base Max Kepler autograph worth? Ooh. I guess there's various various levels to this, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's injury concern that could happen. I don't, but you can't you can't predict that, so we're not going to even touch it. Um, there's his ups and downs. Maybe his BABIP starts going down. Maybe messes with something and you know but that's unpredictable too so we're not going to touch it so basically where my concern is does he make an all-star team if he makes an all-star team and the twins stay hot and keep winning and people start talking about him as the summer goes on once basketball's done once the nfl draft is done once the mlb draft is done once the nba draft is done or nfl draft yeah, but you know, t- chatter about the NFL I don't know why the NFL draft popped into my mind. <laughs> uh, once the NBA draft, NBA finals, MLB draft, all that stuff is done, and the Stanley Cup finals, all people are really going to have to be able to pay attention to is baseball. And once people turn all their attention to baseball, guys like Max Kepler, who are kind of relatively unknown at this point, that are on good teams and are 
performing really well are probably going to explode onto the scene. I could see him... Aaron, you're going to have to tell me if you agree on this. I'm going to probably go with a little bit of a conservative number, maybe $45 for ungraded base, 40 45 They're at 30 right now. I think you're underestimating what the public eye can do to a card. I probably am, but in the same way that uh, scouts underestimate pitchers and never give anybody ace potential, I don't want to overestimate and get people really excited and buy a $30 card and then it only goes up to 40 when we projected 60 Yeah. I think it could easily hit the $45 mark. As I say easily 45 I say top-end potential that everything keeps the course 60 to 65 is not the question. Okay. But that's top end. Yeah. So don't be, in my mind, invest at least for me, I invest with the low end range in mind. I'm like, all right, I can see this guy going to here. That's the very low end range of where I think he could end up. So I buy, knowing I can make a few dollars. If it goes any higher, I am really excited. If it doesn't, I am content compared to buying a... I don't know, uh, uh, Royce Lewis and thinking like, oh man, this is a $250 card, but I could see it being a $2,000 card. Yeah. And then you're only make, it tops out at 300 and you're like, you're disappointed because you got yourself psyched up and instead of being happy for $50 of profit, if you sell off of eBay, I guess, because you'd be given $30 in eBay fees. Yeah. Um, you are now disappointed in $50. That reminds me of guys buying Vlad at $1,400. they have got the top end in, in mind where, you know, no one would buy the Vlad at $1,000, tie up $1,000 in capital to make $100. Or yeah. be like, oh, I can make well, $100. Bucks. Except for that guy we talked to that bought a yeah. red Vlad for $3,000, yeah, sold it for $3,300, and now it's like a $50,000 card. Yeah, flipped it for 300 bucks in a month or something? A week, I think a it week. was. A yeah. week. Yeah. So, you know, we all make mistakes, but also you can't be upset. You made 300 bucks. Yeah. Who's going to be upset with 300 bucks? If you're not obviously you're not going to be able to turn $300 into 50,000. Yeah, that never happens um, really, if ever. <laughs> but at least not quickly. But if you take that $300, invest it wisely, sell those cards, invest wisely, sell those cards, invest wisely. A couple of years down the line, you might have turned that Five years down the line, you might have turned that $300 it's into like 50000 It's a fun way to compound interest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it just takes a little bit of skill. A little bit some, a lot of, a lot of research. <laughs> some general knowledge, some research, and uh, some using resources that are given to you. Like, we are, we're a resource for you. We shouldn't be your end, be all, end all. We want to be a tool that you can be like, oh, Max Kepler. Now, I should look into Max Kepler after what these guys were saying. And maybe he's for you. And you're like, yeah, actually, I really believe in Max Kepler. I'm going to buy. Or maybe you're like, yeah, I don't really believe in Max Kepler. I don't really agree with what they're saying. Or I like what they're saying, but I don't believe in it. And then don't invest. Yeah, if you don't believe in it, don't do it. Because that's when it goes down to $20 and you're going to lose 10 bucks Because you're not going to believe it and you don't want it. Yeah. Because you, like... I've got a bunch of Orlando Arcia cards. I bought them two two years ago when I was just getting back into cards, just getting back into investing, and as a huge Brewers fan, wants something a Brewer player I really liked. Well, I still love the guy. I still have the cards. I'm not bummed I have them. But if I didn't, if I wasn't even a Brewers fan, I'd already have lost all that money because I was sold them. Yep. For very cheap. Yep. But I'm content with what I have. 
Yep. Sometimes, I guess this podcast is going off the rails a little bit, of Max <laughs> Kepler. But there is a point I want to make to everyone out there: is that uh, there's been some flack about patience lately, and uh, I try not to get too riled up, but sometimes I get a little riled up. Uh, and patience is a big thing. And I was going to write an article on this, so maybe I won't say too much, too much about it. But um, Aaron and I bought some Griffin Cannings last year and the prices went way up and we sold just enough to cover our investment. An excellent idea. And then, which is an excellent idea. If you have, if you spend $30 on a guy and they go up on three cards, 10 bucks a piece, and they go up to $25, sell one. You'll make back almost all of your investment and then you have two, and if they keep going up, you'll make a better profit. And if they don't, you're still guaranteeing yourself some money, which is always a good way to look at it. It's huge. It's always nice to guarantee yourself some profit for the money you've put in instead of always looking to get top end dollar. Because if you're always looking to get top end dollar, you're going to miss a lot of uh, chances to sell. Because you'll be like, oh, well, it's at 50, but I think it could get to 60. Well, he goes on a cold streak. Now it's back down to 40. You've missed $10. You're kicking yourself. you you got to know when investing, you're not always or rarely ever going to sell on the peak. It's just not going to yeah. happen. And you have to accept that. Otherwise, you're always going to be mad with yourself. And you can't go through investing be mad at yourself because then you're going to start to make uneducated decisions or rash decisions that aren't going to pay off. Yeah, I see it happen all the time. Always, in my mind... And this is just my opinion. Doesn't matter if you're making six dollars on a card, three hundred dollars on a card. You've made a profit. You can turn that profit into other cards that you can then flip down the line. Uh, where you get into a problem is when greed sets in, and you're like, "Oh, this card I sold for thirty dollars, I could have sold for fifty dollars two months later," or "Oh, this card." I could have sold for $40, I can now only sell for $20, and you're disappointed. So in my mind, just always take the money. Yeah, I mean, I bought a Vlad for 250 when Nate told me to. I sold it for 800 off eBay. Am I mad? No. I lost out on maybe $400, but I got $800 to spend on new cards. Yep. I mean, I probably put, spent that on some Cody Bellingers that are now worth way more. Yep. Uh, back to my main point of Griffin Canning... <laughs> Because we kind of got off on another tangent. Yeah. You'll realize we get off on a lot of tangents here. Imagine living with us. <laughs> uh, but uh, Griffin Canning, we bought. We sold some. We covered our entire investment. His his market cratered. Absolutely cratered. Why? He Say why. performed poorly. and So he, got, he started the year in A-ball. Gets called up to high A. Gets called up to double A. Dominates, dominates, dominates. Gets called up to triple A. Performs poorly. People panic. They panic, panic, panic. Prices drop. Three bucks a base. Bottoms drop out. Like I am talking completely off the map drop out. Like $12 to $3 a base. And all of a sudden, Aaron and I are like, well, all this money we thought we had, we don't have, but we covered our investment. Our investment is covered. All the money we put in is back in our pockets. Now we just have these carts. We can sit because it doesn't matter now what we get it's all profit at this point. So we sit, we sit, we sit. In the last month, we sold a graded green for... 175. 175. We sold a graded black for 158. 160. Yeah, yeah. And a 
Gold Wave. Gold Wave, uh, non-graded for one seventy-three. We bought each of those cards for anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars. Yeah, and then graded them ourselves for I don't know fifteen bucks. Yeah, fifteen bucks. You know, we're in that whole thing for probably we were in them about like we we might have been in it for two hundred dollars for those three cards, yeah. if that. And we sold them all for like four eighty. Yeah, we we were into those there. for like one fifty to one sixty. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a huge, a huge, huge boost to us, at least uh, like profit wise, was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, Griffin Cannon got hot again. We saw multiple things before the year comparing him to Trevor Bauer, like multiple videos and multiple Aaron guys. Noah. And Aaron Nola and stuff, and we're like, all right. Even though Aaron Nola is doing Nola is doing poorly, and Trevor Bauer is actually kind of doing poorly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess those aren't great. Silent candidates but, last year. Yeah, they were good last year, and that's all. That comes back to selling window. You always have a selling window that you should take advantage of. People get upset when we're like, hey, you know, Cody Bellinger is a good buy at thirty-five. At, at thirty-five, or you know, and then. Uh, People are like, oh, well, they're back down. Well, we told you to buy 35. They're worth 50 now. If they're still up past 35, you're doing all right. Uh, but people are like, oh, they're going back down. Well, slab stocks is wrong. Not really, because we said 35, and they're still above 35. Yeah. It might not be 100% profit, but it's still like $10. Also, Cody Bellinger is kind of one of those long run, long range guys where he's probably going to win an MVP, so you're probably going to want to have as many cards of his as you can. Yeah. Um, like, like if you bought one at thirty five and you were looking to sell it in a month, when I specifically said it's a long term thing, especially with a guy that could win MVP this year, MVP next year, who knows? You know, yeah. or Dodgers who are a really good team, you're looking at if he wins MVP this year, probably seventy five to eighty bucks, just just conservative, like, yeah. And even if it's not seventy five to eighty bucks, it's still going to go up from thirty five. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the that's point. the important point of this, not the top end dollar or the conservative dollar. The fact that 35 was low, it is above 35 right now, and so sometimes just holding, and waiting, and patience. Shout out to Slabstock sucks who hates patience or Slabstock sucks. Sorry. Yeah, let's get it right. Uh, Shout out to everyone that practices patience, and has made money off of it because it's a big thing. But we really went off a tangent from. Our Max Kepler. That's okay. It happens all the time. Yeah. Podcast. This you know. was supposed to be a Max Kepler podcast. And it it's turned into a Max Kepler slash patience podcast. Patience. Um, It'll be titled accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max Kepler with a side of patience. Yeah. But uh, Max Kepler is another guy that obviously patience is required. Because uh, you look at the start of the year, he was doing pretty poorly. And now you look at him now and he's got an 894 OPS. Imagine if you bought. At thirty bucks, let's just say so. Like this, this happens all the time too. Patience can even be a two-week thing. If you bought thirty dollars and he went on that cold streak where his average dropped from two eighty to two fifty, and you sold at fifteen, within two weeks of an investment, because you're chasing a quick buck for fifty, you would not be happy with yourself right yeah. now. Yeah, chasing a quick buck is the worst way to look at an investment. Like nobody, like take it from me as somebody that did a little investing in the stock market. And I invested in a company called Joint. It's like a chiropractor uh, group or whatever. They were at $2 and some cents when I bought in. 
and I sold at three dollars because I made I put fifty dollars in. You know, it wasn't big money, fifty bucks. I sold at three dollars in some sense, made twenty-five dollars profit. Probably spent that twenty-five dollars on Chipotle or Chick Fil A or Culver's or something. You know, something stupid. Even though it's delicious, uh, Culver's. If nobody's had Culver's out there, this is a shameless plug for Culver's. Shout out Culver's. <laughs> Absolutely delicious burgers, delicious custard. And if you don't live in a state with Culver's, uh, get to one with the Culver's. I was even reading an article one time about a guy from The Ringer, I believe, who wrote about stopping at the Culver's in Green Bay before a Packer game, and he said it changed his life. Life changing. Life changing. Culver's. You not, heard it. You heard it here first. Not gonna lie, I'm a big fan of the Buffalo Chicken Tenders. No, 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 no. Burger. Buffalo Chicken Tenders. Do not get anything but a burger. Aaron, that is the wrong take. <laughs> I, they're good. They're good. They got other good stuff. Burgers are good but too. But you gotta get a burger. Okay, yeah. Get a burger and then dabble later into the I mean, I've been at Culver's yeah. every single and, road trip of my life. And if if you're like, man, I wonder if there's a Culver's by me, I I've seen one in Phoenix. I've seen one in Florida. I've seen one in South Carolina. They're everywhere. <laughs> um so they're slowly getting everywhere, kinda like Chick fil A's are getting everywhere. In the north. Do yourself a favor, find a Culver's, go to it, enjoy life. For sure. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyways, that was a real big tangent <laughs> off of my $25 investment in joint. The point was, <laughs> I invested in joint. I'm trying not to laugh. Uh, I invested in a joint for $50. I sold out at $75 at $3 a share. At, 50, at 20, 20, 28 shares I had. I owned they are now $19 a share, like two years later. $19 a share. If I had just held on to my 28 shares for my $50 and not touched it at all, I'd have $500 plus right now for doing nothing. Also, 800 less calories in your body. Also, yeah. Yeah, Culver's, Culver's is not good for the waistline. Um, and therein lies patience. You know, I was like, oh, 25 bucks, I can go buy... A pair of headphones because mine broke or I can do this or that instead of working more hours at work because I had unlimited hours I could work and get overtime I sold out on a share that was really really nice I also did it another time with Sima Bay Therapeuticals I bought those for two dollars and one cents a share like eight months later they were up to fifteen dollars a share like that was also a giant mistake and all because I was chasing that quick buck. The moral of the story is that Nathan is an investing whiz. Well, <laughs> well, I, it is kind of like a humble break here in that I, I have made some pretty good investments. I've made one really bad investment, uh, and that that was never ta- never take advice from your buddies on who to invest in the stock market. That I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, uh, it wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't okay, you. Good, good. It wasn't you. Um. But the big thing for me was I was chasing a quick buck, and now I've learned, especially in cards, is that you cannot chase a quick buck. you got to buy somebody you believe in. You can wait and wait and wait and just have patience. Maybe sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, you buy somebody you believe in, and it just doesn't work out, and you lose money. There's not much you can do. It happens. It happens. But chasing a quick buck means you're going to buy Matt Thice, who was $3 before the season, has a two-week hot stretch. I'm shaking my head um, right now. 
goes up from three dollars to twenty dollars. Yeah, he went up to twenty dollars in the off season, oh, and now, now, yeah, I'm looking it up because this is good for you guys to know. Matt Thijs Bowman Chrome Autos are now. Oh look, people are trying to sell them for twenty, probably because they bought them for twenty. Always happens. That is a big thing that always happens. Um, uh, a okay, May twenty fourth, a blue wave out of one fifty sold for nineteen dollars and seven cents. People were buying base for twenty bucks. Jeez. Base for twenty. A base sold for four twenty five with three dollars in shipping. Just about right where they were before spring training. And a people- refractor just sold for eight fifty. So people looked at a guy who was hot, but who really hadn't shown anything previous to this, and didn't really have anything to be excited about to lean on. I'm sure Matt Thies could be a decent player, but nothing that's like, oh, I want to drop 20 bucks on his base auto. That's the issue we're running into. Do you know who else is a decent player? And CJ Crone. Eddie Rosario, and they're 15 to... 15 yeah. bucks, I mean? 20 bucks? Yeah. Um, so people... Panicked, panic bought Matt Thice. We're not even talking about panic selling. We're pa- talking about panic buying. I like to call that overreaction. They looked at they looked at Matt Thice and said, "Oh my goodness, this guy just hit like five home runs in a week and a half in spring training. <laughs> I gotta buy this guy up to twenty dollars. They've all lost like fifteen dollars plus on every card they've bought because sometimes you have to be smart. Patience is key." And patience works both ways on selling and also on not buying. Not buying a guy on a hot streak who hasn't shown anything before this point. Yeah. Not buying the Bobby Bradleys. Now sometimes it's like a Jordan Alvarez, who you're like, you're like, nice player, probably gonna be a DH, but nice player, but they maybe the Astros don't really care about if he's gonna be a DH or not. And uh, you're like, has had good stats, and then all of a sudden he explodes and. And I, for one, didn't think he'd keep it up, and yet here he is keeping it up. Twenty homers. I would have never bought into Jordan Alvarez because I would have never thought he'd keep it up. So you have to look at the player and be like, "All right, I really do believe in him," and then buy. Yeah, it's all you got to do with belief. And then the other thing is, I know Nate talked about earlier in the podcast, but shout out Gary V on this. I know he posted a lot about it. Is going in with no expectations because, I'm, okay, obviously you don't expect to lose your money, but I'm saying like no expectations in the top end level. Because if you go in with expectations on top end level, that's when you start to see it go down $10. And then you become panic selling. And then you sell it. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. The best thing you can do, in my mind, is buy guys at the start of the year that you are really, really believing. And then just let it ride. Let it ride. Pay attention to how they're doing. Yeah. But don't pay attention too carefully to their prices. Yeah, like... Obviously, if they hit three times the value, you should be paying attention. And then, hey, if you're making money, sell it, even if you yeah. still believe them. And you can probably buy it back later, honestly, once it dips a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't don't not track their prices. That's not what I'm suggesting. Yeah. I'm just suggesting don't be so concerned that if he drops $5, yeah. that you're like, oh my goodness, the world is crumbling. <laughs> and if he goes up $5, don't be like, oh my goodness, you know... This is amazing. I've made five dollars, right? Yeah. Let it let it percolate a little bit and see where it goes. Exactly. I mean, there's so many examples, just so many. Yeah. But that's how it goes. Anyways, uh, our Max Kepler and Patience uh, podcast has now turned into something completely different, including a shout out to Culver's. 
Um, but if you have nothing else, Aaron, maybe we'll uh, wrap, wrap this it up, up here. Yeah. So Max Kepler is the first and foremost thing that we talked about. Yep. And the most important point we wanted to drive home was that we love them. Exactly. We love them. There can be ups and downs. Stick with it. And with that, it transformed into patience. Be patient in your investments. Don't cut your losses at $5 because a player you believe in suddenly goes 0 for 9. Like Vlad Guerrero did right away. Another example. Um, well, more like oh, you know, 2 for 20. But yeah. Or Gavin Lux at the start of the exactly. season. You know, there's always guys that are going to go cold. And then people are going to panic sell, and that's when you guys, uh, the award-winning listeners of Slab Stocks, <laughs> shamelessly stole that from, uh, uh, pardon my take, uh, uh, you guys will be able to benefit because you know that there are going to be downs because people are bad investors, and you can buy then, and you know they're going to go back up because there's a lot of bad investors out there, and you can take advantage. Yep, it happens all the time. And I just think that the most important point is buying what you believe in because if you don't believe in it, you will not want it in your possession. Yep. Yep. We can only tell you we can tell you what we think you should buy, but we don't want you buying something we tell you to if you don't believe in it. Because then you're gonna pin it against us automatically too. Yeah. Uh we wanna help you make money. That is our goal. Uh or at least enjoy the hobby and make better investment choices in the hobby. Yeah, more like more education. Um we're not out here to uh, try to ruin your day, but uh, don't don't just take our word at the end all be all. We want to be a source for you, and we we hope we have made you money. And if you if we have made you money, and you just want to reach out and just show us what you did, that'd be great. It would help us uh, just uh, you know know we're on the right track. One thing to say is that uh, one of my buddies on Instagram, Drew, TX Graphs. He bought the Kessler. Shout out, shout out TX Graphs. Shout out TX Graphs. Text me almost every other day about, you know, what should I be looking for? And, you know, he's he's religious in his patience and buying on panic sales, which is awesome. I love it. He bought the Keston here at Purple Refractor. I made that video about at 220 and sold it at 375 on call-up. So there's yep. a guy we really benefit. There's always money to be oh, made. Okay. Just one more thing. Okay. If you see a post about a card I bought from my collection from five months ago, I did not recommend to buy it. For all of you guys out there, oh yeah, a little bit of a little bit of an insight. Last night there was a I was tipped off to a um, post. I'm playing Fortnite with Nate and he just pauses and doesn't talk for like five minutes straight. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a little upset. You know, I'm okay if people come after me. I'm okay if people don't like what I do or Aaron don't like what Aaron does. I do have a problem with you bashing what is now going to be like our livelihood. Without taking us in us in it to be able to defend ourselves, at yeah. least let us defend ourselves. You don't have to agree with us or anything. Um, you could think we're idiots. I don't care. Just let us defend ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and he did not, and I saw it, and I just, you know, don't attack Aaron for a a card he's buying in his personal collection. And if you didn't see it, he was like, "Would you buy this guy?" and showed his stats. At the at the start of the, right now with his yeah. like nine ERA of Corbin Burns, and he's like, then why would you listen to this guy? And he cherry picked one thing. Yeah, and cherry picked one thing instead of being like, oh, you know, Max Kepler's gone up, or oh, Luis Garcia has gone down. He was terrible. Yeah. You were really right on that. We could make a whole podcast about or, that. Yeah. Or yeah, or or you know, Logan Gilbert or Nate Pearson or anybody. Nate I mean, Pearson, we have Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux. Like, We've had our missed calls. Alec Baum, Jared Kellenick, there's a lot. You know, and you know, 
obviously, there's guys like, uh, I told people that I didn't really believe in Pete Alonso. Now he's huge. You know, that's on me. Aaron didn't believe in Jordan Alvarez because of the DH thing. Yeah. That's on him. We know we messed up. We're not going to get everything right. But to cherry pick one thing and say, why would you listen to these guys at all? Despite, while ignoring every good thing we've done and the money we've made people, makes, makes me grumpy. You know, let's just throw out the entire investment suggestions or data research. You know, we provide value in more than one way. It's not just us writing about what prospect to buy or what prospect's going to yeah. trend well. It's, Sometimes we just like to point out trends and without any buying or selling. Sometimes more like every day. Yeah. 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 So. And, you know, education because there's a lot of people out there that don't even know what to buy. I get DMs, tweet DMs every day. Hey, what should I be looking for? What's, you know, not necessarily even players because they don't even know what sets to buy. That's what we're here for. And, yeah. you know, while, you, while you're willing to go and be in it for yourselves, we're out here helping others, which is what I love. So. Yeah. Not you guys <laughs> yeah, specifically yeah. because yeah. you guys are awesome, our listeners, and we love you. Uh, but there's other people. And, he, look, I understand. I understand. We came into a market and we shook things up. People that were making tons of money because other people didn't know anything are now not making as much money because other people are getting advice from people like us. And you know what? I'm okay that they're angry at me. I'm okay that they don't like me. Because at the end of the day, if you're upset with somebody because they're helping other people out, because it's coming into going into your pocketbook, because you're not making as much money, because other people are making money that enjoy the hobby, then shame on you. Yep. And the other thing is, is if you've got enough time to make multiple posts, story posts, you know, hate videos. I saw a hate video from the other day. I don't even want. I don't even know what to say about that. But we got tagged in a hate video where someone was saying, "If you listen to card inflators, you know, uh, yeah. swear words, whatever." But the the point is, is that you guys really should find something else to do in your spare time because there's a lot of things that you can bring value to other people who need help. Because yep. there are many people out there that need help, and you should be willing to give it. Yep, and that's a big thing. Is that if everyone were to just give help when they could, you know, you see a homeless guy in the street, give him a buck out of your wallet. You see somebody struggling to lift something into their car, help them out. You see somebody, I don't know, needs the door held open for them because they're an amputee or something or in a wheelchair, hold the door. You know, just the little things. And if everybody just does a bunch of little things. But instead, most people are concerned with posting their stories about people helping people with cards and what cards to look at. And I I try not to get into it. And we've really gone off on a tangent here. And I try not to get into all the hate because there is some. And it's whatever. Right? It doesn't bother me. But occasionally, like last night, it did bother me. But let me just say, there are so many of you guys out there that DM me and you know tell us how great of a job we're doing. Oh yeah, so much more love yeah, than hate. Yeah, yeah. And we don't we don't want to lose sight of that. Yeah. Like, uh, we are really big fans of so many of you guys. So many of you that have gone out of your way that might not have ever contacted us before, but will contact us and be like, "Hey, love what you're doing." yada 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 or hey sorry you have to deal with all this hate or hey you know and i'll uh, drive from detroit to milwaukee to hang out with you guys because you guys are so, like i've had a guy tell me that before yeah that's like, awesome. you know it's there's so many people out there also i don't think this might be up before but if you're going to brewtown train tonight i'll see you there yeah. <laughs> go to trade night yep trade night brewtown trade night wednesday night on uh may 
2019. So uh, be there if you're in the area. 6.30 p.m. If you happen to listen to this. And if not, Aaron will be going live to uh, do some stuff. Do some stuff. Break some boxes, make some trades, whatever. Yeah. So, all right, guys. um, I think that will be it for our Max Kepler podcast. Plus patience. (laughs) Plus waiting. Yeah, is is the joke. (laughs) We really went off on a tangent on this Max Kepler also, uh, thank you to Culver's for unofficially sponsoring this podcast. If you have the ability to get yourself out to a Culver's today and enjoy one of their nice double bacon butter burger baskets with a Mountain Dew <laughs> or a Culver's root beer, please do. Finish it off with a concrete mixer. Fill yourself up with like 2,500 calories and go on your merry way. Anyways. With uh, that, we, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yep. It's so much fun. And you know, we we'll... Will, uh, We'll be out here. We'll be back. Yep. All right. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya.